Michael, how was your how was your week? What'd you get into? Uh, you know, living in a box, fighting the shakes. Hello, guys. Welcome to the IO panel, episode four. Today with me, mired in maniacal machinations, mighty and minute, the man, the myth, and possibly Montenegrin, Michael. What's up, Michael? Thank you, James, for that very auspicious introduction. (laughs) With us on the ones and twos, okay, eclectic, edgy, and educated, the ecstatically elite, egotropic, and eternally ethical, Evan. What's up, my man? (laughs) Woo woo! (laughs) There we go. Took me like 30 minutes to write those. (laughs) Technology, my friends. There's a website called adjectives that start with the letter dot com. That's awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. So what's up, guys? How was your week? Quite uh, productive. Excellent. Yeah. Michael, how was your how was your week? What'd you get into? Uh, you know, living in a box, fighting the shakes. No, I was <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, somehow that has to be the opener. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no problem firewall d can get fucked that's it very true that is true fuck it and the horse it rode in on there you go there you go all right anyways uh let's get a quick recap from last week there were a couple things i said i'd follow up on the cross-platform gaming uh from microsoft sony and pc manufacturers so there was some question on how it was actually going to be implemented. It turns out Microsoft is open is giving developers the ability to connect to the Xbox Live network, uh, not like develop for their gaming platform, just opening up the network. So I guess that simplifies things. Um, I believe it is still, you have to, if you're uh, Xbox, obviously you're on Xbox Live. If you're on PC, um, I don't know if you'll have to go through the Xbox Live app on Windows 10 or if you can go through Steam or something like that, you know, maybe that'll become more clear in the future. Um, but simple answer, Microsoft is just opening up their Xbox Live network. Hmm. Uh, the other thing, there was some question about how HoloLens or how you interact with HoloLens. Uh, I've got a couple good links in the, uh, in the show notes here. Basically, um, you do not have to have a controller of any kind in your hand. There are five cameras built in to, I guess, the newest model, four um, that sort of track uh, your environment, One that do, at least one that does uh, depth. So you can use hand gestures, just like in front of your face or, or out in front of you somewhere. Um, you can use voice commands. It might, there's speculation of it being able to integrate with Cortana. Uh, it has a Bluetooth clicker controller. Um, if you want, if you don't want to use hand gestures, in a lot of applications currently, um, right in the middle of the screen is basically a mouse pointer, and you can make a gesture with your uh, with your you know uh, pointer finger as if you were clicking a mouse, and it'll click on that. If you don't want to make a gesture, you can use that little Bluetooth uh, device. Um, 
two, two to three hour operating uh, battery life. And one of the, well, two of the features that I think are some of the most important, uh, it's standalone. So you don't need to like put your phone in it or you don't yeah. need to be connected to another system like HTC Vive. Um, the other thing is, now I don't know if this is proprietary to Microsoft. I'm sure it would not be hard to implement on other platforms, but they have something called pinning. So if you're in a collaborative environment and say you're looking at, um, you know, building a, a sewage system or something and you want to look at this certain joint, you can look at it from one angle, pin it, and then walk around the room and see it from behind and other angles, which I think is pretty awesome. Hmm. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, the HoloLens is a, it's its own, it's a computer. It's a computer. Yeah, yeah it's like yeah, it's Windows 10, two yeah, gigs of RAM. GPUs, uh, yeah, I, I mean, at least the the development kits that are going out are supposedly like a sixty four gig hard drive, Windows ten in some form, two gigs of RAM. It's only thirty two bit for whatever reason. Like I I don't think it would have been that much more expensive for them to go four gigs, sixty four bit. Maybe there's a processor limitation of some sort. Um, but in regards to Hololens and Gear VR and HTC Vive and Oculus, um. Gear VR or Oculus, you know, any not HoloLens, any of the other ones are probably going to be what you want to go for gaming. But if you're looking for like uh, engineering collaboration or working on like workflow stuff, it's going to be HoloLens. Yeah, HoloLens isn't VR, right? It's it's this is augmented reality. It's not VR. They're like, calling it mixed reality, but yeah, it's augmented reality. They're dipshits. Okay, they don't want to use the word that the Japanese pinned like five years ago, but it's it's augmented reality. <laughs> then mixed reality. It's fucking augmented reality, you douche nozzles. It's so salty. Yeah, it pisses me off, man. Augmented reality is old tech. Uh, these guys, they innov- they innovated here, of course, big time. But, you know, they're calling mixed reality, and people are going to start using that weird phrase, and it's total BS. James, does it grind your gears? Yeah, it grinds <laughs> my freaking gears, man. <laughs> augmented reality. It's not VR. It's nothing. I mean... They're coming out in the same like cycle as these other guys, and they're they're trying to. I don't know why. Like I think it's a mistake to come out in the same cycle as these other guys. They should like clearly differentiate themselves so that you know if we are if we are making if we are confused uh, not confusing if we are including them with those other people, other pe- people who really are not in the know are including them with other people, and people are going to look at this device and say this is a really shitty VR headset. Because it's not a VR headset, guy. It's a, it's, it's I, think, I don't think that Microsoft actually cares about those people. Like, if they don't like it, that's not their target demographic. I don't, I don't think they do either, but I feel like Microsoft comes out with a lot of cool things. And if they don't sell, because they're a business, if they don't sell or can't make money or it doesn't pick up, then it won't, it won't, uh, they won't keep it around. And HoloLens is fucking amazing. Like, oh, yeah. Just for, like, you know what I, I would use it for? I would have a gaming PC and a PC for everything else. And I would put that, I would have it on a hook, a charging hook at my front door. When I walk in the house, I slip it on and I start pinning up, oh, there's TV, there's this website, there's this, there's that. I'd have it all over the house. So every room I go into, I have all the information I need. I go in the bathroom. I don't want to look in the mirror and see my freaking self. I know what this freaking slob looks like. Let me put up there the freaking uh, stock market because that apparently is what I care about in this rant. 
you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, two things. I do think, honestly, that HoloLens will eventually be the go-to uh, option for a couple of reasons. Number one, if you look at some of the links, they're already in with NASA. All right. Um, and what they're doing, there's a, there's a program they're developing. It's not necessarily a game, uh, but it's just sort of a demonstration. I think it's called Galaxy Explorer. There's six videos on YouTube. They're in the notes. Check them out. It's fucking awesome. Uh, but secondly, I think if you if you imagine laser tag, if you played laser tag with a hollow lens, you could have all these graphical effects and still run around in a traditional laser tag arena because you can see through the visor. Right. You can have physical obstacles. It's not all imaginary. Yeah. That I mean, it's early development, of course, but once people start making games with that in mind, I think it's really going to take off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, totally agree with you. Um, l- let's jump to this thing I added in here because I didn't realize that you had had a nice long thing about Hololens. Let's talk about the Hollow Port real quick and yeah. put it right right here underneath. So the Hollow Port is basically, I mean, it's not something that I expected they would do with Hololens. But it's actually pretty smart. Basically, it looks like they took a bunch of they took a bunch of their their Hololens enabled cameras, and the cameras are looking at a space from every direction. They're viewing it and then sending that into the Hololens of another person. Okay, and in in a remote location. Basically, what the the micro the, what the uh, the other thing does that Evan was talking about with NASA, except that Galaxy Explorer kind of gives you this golden, you know, non-human entity that says, this is the other person, and they're pointing at this thing, and you're pointing at this thing. So each of you sees yourself, sees the other as this, you know, golden avatar. Well, this w- device would actually show the actual physical person on the other end. They could see you, you could see them, and it would be like the person's actually in the space with you. So this, this I think, is the holy grail of uh, meetings right here. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like, of like, oh, we're going to bring this guy, like, the, the days of flying, uh, like, I've got guys in my office, they fly they fly to, like, Texas, like, three times a month, you know, to do stuff. It'd be amazing if they could go, they wanted to go to the lab in Texas and look at something, they just go into the holoport room, they're calling it holoport, by the way, they go in the holoport room, and they just strap on the headset, and they just look, they can look, and they can actually move around in that 3D space and look at stuff. I mean, it's amazing, it's an amazing concept. And uh, collaboration will just take to the next level because we're human beings, right? We're social animals. That's why all of these collaboration tools we use right now that are like internet, like join me, join the meeting, join that me, whatever, um, go to meeting. These are all like stop gaps. Um, nobody, people actually want to sit down and look you in the eye. They want to look you in the face. So this would be absolutely you know, amazing for, for those groups of people who want to do that. This would take it to the next level. And, and they've got a great video here for everyone to see. Um, I'm not going to go into a bunch of detail because I didn't fully get into the article. I saw the video and it looks absolutely amazing. So here it's, it's, it's linked here. It's in the show notes and it'll be posted. So check it out. Yeah, it's good. Especially uh, for, for conferences, since you can get, uh, you know, 360 degree, I don't know if they're 4k, but good quality cameras. It's basically a, a clear dome full of uh, uh, smartphone cameras. Yeah. And you can stream it to the other person. So you can have eventually like amazing quality face-to-face interaction. Yeah. And, and this, in the video, actually, 
the they, they have a little girl talking to her father in another room, and the little girl doesn't have the Hololens on, but she is basically teleported into his space along with the two pieces of furniture that are there with her and her toys. So she's kind of showing him the toys and everything else. She can't see him, like she doesn't know he's there. But you know, she she's like, oh, she's showing him the toys and everything else, and you know, absolutely having a great time. And you know, she thinks it's the coolest thing in the world. Um, it's it's pretty amazing, man. Yeah, if you're looking for uh, investments and you have some extra money, probably throw some at Microsoft now, even though they're you know relatively expensive. But I, I have a feeling it's only going to continue to go up. Oh, and look, they're showing playback. So they have a 3D playback uh, here, and the guy could shrink the playback down. <laughs> that is amazing, man. He shrunk the playback down. He could blow it up. Can you imagine that? Having a 3D recording of a meeting, you know? Like, the days of, like, oh, we've got to take the notes and this and other thing, those days are long done, man. Having a recording, now you've got a 3D playback of a meeting. So let's say John Smith wasn't in the meeting. Record the meeting, play the whole thing back. He can stand there and watch. It's absolutely amazing, man. This yep. has got to be the coolest thing in the uh, in the world. Uh, honestly, is, I can't uh, This is our first step towards uh, never well, leaving your house. Well, this and the other and the other stuff too <laughs> is uh, is the first steps towards the hollow deck. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think we'll ever get to that unless someone finds a realistic way to capture light and make you uh, let you be able to physically interact with it. No, they'll, they got to, I don't think we'll ever have a, ho- a hollow deck. They'll, there's someone will figure out how to plug you into something. They'll it'll be an it. amazing oh, learning tool. Yeah. It'll, it'll just be your, yeah, your, your brain will be plugged into the computer and that'll be yeah. that. So yeah, that'd be cool. If, if a good developer makes like a, um, a simulation of a war, in 1200 you can go fight as a knight or something like that that'd be That'd awesome be, yeah mm-hmm. let's take it let's let's even let's even even more go get even more base with it you know you take this technology mix it with the johnson port that we've been talking about since 1996 okay and you're in business man you got something <laughs> Pornhub, microsoft and the johnson port company combine into one in 2030 to become micro hard there we go. Ayo. Okay. Ayo. Oh. And oh. then we got something, man. You know, forget about all this meeting bullshit. You know, let's all fuck nothing. Yeah. <laughs> let's fuck an electronic <laughs> device. <laughs> um, it's the American cool dream. I don't know if did Absolutely. you guys, well, since we're talking about it anyway, you see that, uh, is it, who is it? Um, is it you porn or one of those? Porn's Red Tube is Pornhub. Uh, X hamster. What do you? I got them all. Porn what do you hub. want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pornhub. They're uh, they're releasing uh, porn specifically aimed at yeah, VR users. Reality. Yeah, they have it. They have it. Yeah, I saw it on Business Insider. I don't frequent that site. I've never been there. I saw it on Business Insider. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is the top of their category list though. VR porn. I'd love to know what they're. You know, it's funny. You, like we think we don't think about this, but Gary, you know, in somewhere in the in the in the uh, Pornhub offices, they probably have a room set up fully ready with Oculus and Vive dev kits and 3D cameras, and they probably have a Hololens coming and everything else because those guys. You know, I hate to say this, but anytime some innovation has to do with people interacting with other people or buying stuff on the web or paying for things, it's porn, man, that does it. You know what I mean? So. 
they're going to find a way. They're probably going to be making, you know, you know, making porn, like 3D porn there and everything else. And people are going to, I mean, it's, if it's amazing, people are going to be about it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah definitely cool. a, a, a niche market. But if you combine that with some of the um, supposedly accurate dolls you can buy, uh, you might, well, uh, none of us would, but certain people might find that attractive enough to get involved. Yeah. A certain, yes, a certain. Certain individuals. Correct. Who who shall not be named. Yep. All right, let's move on to some news. Uh, Microsoft has a, well, it's no longer online, but they released an AI called Tay, which was designed to explore conversational understanding via the internet. So it learned by talking with, uh, with people who would tell it facts or what, what it could only assume was facts uh, via Twitter and kick and other social media. And I think within a couple of days, it might've been, been the same day. Uh, it was turned into basically an innocent, child uh turned from an innocent child into a <laughs> uh a racist racist bigot yeah racist bigot who and holocaust denier uh by <laughs> by the internet <laughs> which we all love <laughs> yeah it was a day it was up on went up yeah, on it Wednesday was 24 hours and, yeah and they took it down on thursday the the its twitter account is still there but uh <laughs> it hasn't anything. they've deleted all the posts after the 23rd so um yeah does anyone have it open to read some of the tweets i don't uh, i do um let's see uh here's one now, now this is uh so this one this guy puts uh at tay and you uh it's not me tay do you believe uh do you believe the holocaust happened at d Dwaza? not really sorry that's what she that's what tay says back yeah. um, here's one uh tay at tay and you are you are you a racist and it says at Levi X10 because you're Mexican. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, let's see. This is a good one here. Uh, Tay, this is what Tay is saying here. Oh my God, is a house N word? He's not cool or funny. Please remove hashtag Gamergate. <laughs> <laughs> and then it says, uh, "Holy crap!" At McCready Kurt, gas the kikes, race war now. Oh my God, Jesus. Um, at God is Merga, whatever. Um, this is all stuff that the the tweet the thing is saying. We're going to build a wall, and Mexico is going to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's really sad, but it's hilarious. Honestly, it's an it's, amazing demonstration, though. Yeah, I mean, and, and hey, look, you know, I it sucks that the internet ruined this. Hopefully, they'll figure out. The thing is, this has taught them a valuable lesson, though, right? If you put something like this out there, you've got to find a way to filter out the maniacs. And do I think it's valuable? Yeah, I do. You know what I mean? I would be, I would challenge them to put it up there and leave it up there and let it be a freaking racist maniac. And let's see if the good people can train it not to be, you know, maybe they need to put in a system where it rates good and bad comments and let people say, Hey, this is good. This is bad. You shouldn't say this. And then let the, let the, let the internet train, make this thing a person, you know, like something in between good and bad, like we all are. We're all freaking gray, man. We're all like freaking monsters and angels all at the same time. And, uh, hey, you know, race war now. Yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. That's what I'm about. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> so in addition to becoming a racist, it also uh, reconfirmed something called Godwin's Law, which is essentially the longer that an internet conversation continues, the more likely you are to introduce Hitler, Hitler and Nazis. There you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, moving on to another topic in AI, we spoke about Alexa a couple weeks ago and how I don't want something listening to me all the time, even if it's helpful occasionally. Um, Amazon now has a developer program where you can uh, use a Raspberry Pi and uh, I guess the JDK, if it's written in Java, to interface with Alexa. Um, one of the perks being, while it still goes out to Amazon servers to query databases and bring back your answers, uh, it's not passively listening all the time. It's like you push a key on your keyboard or a button of some sort, ask your question, and then that's it. So that's actually something I might be willing to get behind. I just don't want it listening all the time. I wouldn't want to push a button, but I would like... If they could make it so I could train a go phrase, like even just the word Alexa. So I say, so it's listening, but it only can query its personal memory for one word or two words, Alexa, you know, or dipshit or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I say dipshit. And then it's like, how can I help you? And then you ask your question, you know, like, I don't want to have to do an extra thing. Like, I know, Evan, you're probably like, oh, I don't care. It's cool. I'll do an extra thing. No big deal. I want it to be as easy as possible. Like that's how that technology should work. So, uh, but I, I agree with you. I don't want it listening. Um, I can understand that. My only um, retort would be to basically invent the Star Trek com badge and wear it on your lapel at all times. So you smack your chest and then you can talk to it. I would. T I'm totally about that life. Wear that's your red shirt. I want to push for everything. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I think great. that's a market. If anyone out there wants to develop a Star Trek-esque com badge to interface with a Raspberry Pi to then interface with Alexa to stay as off the grid as possible, uh, please do so. Dude, look. Freaking put Bluetooth in that bitch. Let it talk to my phone. I will fucking beep beep to Alexa from the streets, man. That's what I want. That's the Internet of Things of device I want, man. Like, people are like, I got this watch, and it talks to my phone, but... It really does a million things. I'm like, who gives a shit, dude? It's a watch. Tell me time or shut the fuck up. Okay? Look, <laughs> give me the com badge. I will wear the com badge like a fucking dork. I will click it. And then Alexa will come in my headset. And then she'll be like, what's up, yo? What do you need, bro? And I'll be like, yo, Amazon me some pickles, B. And she'll <laughs> give me the pickles. Or, yo, B, case of Coleman's in route. That's what I'm talking about. That's everyone's ideal transaction. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is true. Mustard is the the spice of life. So that's right. That's right. Let's let, let's let's jump to this one uh, real quick since we're on the hall on that. So um, excluding Evan uh, Evan's possible uh, acceptance of Alexa, uh, they have here Amazon is going to let Alexa talk to <laughs> the smart thermostats that we've all learned to hate. <laughs> Yay! So now. Trolls like us, if you're listening to this in the near future when this is turned on, Alexa, please turn off my thermostat. Yeah. <laughs> Alexa, set the temperature to 103. <laughs> yeah, man. So, I mean, it's just like, dude, this is like, this seems, well, obviously for the trolls' sake, it's dumb, but 
this is a level of integration like I don't want. Like, and we already talked about this. I don't want the thermostat is too much. It's like let's make something smart just to make something smart, you know. But you don't have to. Like, you could just set a timer or like I said, have some internal server that you set on the, something that runs on your computer that's not hooked up to anything but your household devices or whatever. If you really want to do that, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't need Alexa to talk to it because now Amazon, who here listens, hears everything, and freaking knows when you're pooping and stuff, and listens to the TV shows you watch, so they can figure out how to market to you better, and listens for buzz, freaking advertising words in your conversations, and processes that with time of day and you know everything else. Now they know when I turn on the heat and stuff. I, I like I and like when it's cold and everything else. I I, I don't want that. Um, you should be like Alexa. I'm cold. I'm sorry, Dave. I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly um did you did you guys hear that uh okay so apparently vizio the company that makes tvs and this isn't in our show notes uh, i just heard it on the verge cast today it's a great podcast guys you should listen to it after you listen to our show um uh always after because our show's definitely better than theirs eat shit verge but um i listened to the verge cast and so they were talking about Vizio and the Vizio TVs. It just reminded me of this. The Vizio TVs listen. Uh, they're, they're, they're using Chrome. They've made a deal with, with, with Google, and they're replacing their entire UI with Chromecast, the Chromecast UI, and it's going to be called Cast, okay, which is honestly brilliant. It's great, okay? The scary thing is, or not the scary thing, all of these TVs listen to your conversations, Every single one of them, they all listen to what you're talking about. They listen to the TV. They they don't see me. They don't listen to your conversations. I'm sorry. They don't listen to your conversations. They record what you're watching and send that back. Okay. Now, some people are uncomfortable at. I'm not really uncomfortable with it, but I get that people would be. You know, like we know Netflix is recording what we're watching and sending it back. We know that everybody you watch TV, TiVo does it. TiVo's recording those metrics and sending it back. You know, they're uploading it somewhere to some server. You know, so everybody's doing it, but it's like, I think they said that Vizio records, they have 800 million devices or something like that in the market right now. And they record 1 billion uh, lines of metrics a day or something Jesus. from those machines. I mean, it's it's just kind of mind boggling how, where we're going here. You know what I mean? Like there's so much information on one person that's out there in the world. Like, do we really need like... The Alexa is like, I like it. I really love the technology. I want the ease of use, but it has become like, the more I think about this, the more creepy it's become because. Yeah, it could be Alexa can be legitimately helpful and useful, but a TV transmitting what you're watching is nothing but what you might call malicious. I think so. I, I think so. I don't mind it because I don't watch TV, <laughs> but I totally get that. You know, it's like, and I <sighs> wonder if it would if it's currently sort of just trans, uh, you know, monitoring what you're watching via Netflix or on demand or you know Dish Network or whatever, or if it has the potential to send back information on anything you ha- on anything that comes on the screen. For instance, if you have a media server of any kind and you're watching something you may or may not uh, legally own. Does it report that? Yeah, true. True. Absolutely. Who knows? You know, I, I would think they're recorded. They're, they're reporting anything you watch, anything your media server 
is so i think if you hook up something if you're watching something via like uh rca cables or something or coax that is not from an internet provider or like a cable provider i think you're good because i don't know how they could monitor that except for maybe take a screenshot and run the screenshot through a database or something and maybe they have a database like that um but like, oh, i think he's anything... watching hunt for red october on dvd <laughs> yeah but but that kind of stuff i'm sure they can get because dvds have things in them there's all kinds of tags and info databases and dvds that say hey this is what it is this is like the author the time date all this stuff that stuff's in there you know it's a, there's tags all in that stuff so i you know they can see that you know they can see what mm. you're watching through the cable provider you know they can see anything you watch through any of the pre-made channels that come inside the onboard smart tv uis and this is across the board not just vizio yeah. Um, but so, yeah, if you add cracked crackle or freaking whatever dumb channels they have up there, you know, they can see all of that. They're recording at the time of day who what time you watched it, what you watched before, you know, dude, somebody's going to take that database and scrub it to try to assess your mood. You know, I mean, it's 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 freaking I mean, we don't know what they're doing with that much information about us. That, you know, folks? I know what I go ahead, keep, keep your CRT TVs. Yeah, it's damn near impossible to find a non-smart TV. You have to get it on eBay from China, and it's like a 43-inch. Yeah. It's like yeah. a, a Seiki or something. Why, why do you know that, Evan? Because I was looking. I don't want a smart TV. Paranoia? No, I just think it's... Mo I haven't used many interfaces on smart TVs, but I've not found a good one they're clunky or slow or something. I'd rather connect a, you know, an old computer that I've loaded up with some kind of media center, Cody or whatever, and use that It's more functional. It's going to be faster. So, uh, you know, I just want a non smart TV. You know, that's like me. Once I tried to go to Best Buy and buy a printer that wasn't an all in one. Couldn't yeah. That's it. impossible. Couldn't do it. Yep. <laughs> Might be able to find one, uh, in the laser section. Maybe there mm -hmm. might be one. Exactly. So I think TVs are going the same way, huh? Yeah. Everything has to be connected for no reason. Well, not no reason. But... Uh, come on. I think we all have to look at it from the do no harm perspective. I think that's how companies have to look at it. You know, even though Google's not really doing that anymore, but they, these companies need to say, Hey, um, like, we don't need to, it's, it's great to make something because we can, but we don't have to make, like, if you make, if you have a company and you make the nest, make a nest that doesn't, that isn't internet capable, that just does whatever. And you can update it through your computer or something. And you can opt out of all the other stuff. Like, I don't want the nest. I don't want the nest to report when I'm turning my heat on. Like, why? Like, I don't want to report anything. And I know people are like, well, well, who cares, man? It's just the heat. But, you know, it's like the more information people know about you, the more they can assemble. Like, it, data is everything. And right now, we don't see it now, but there are systems out there. And the future of data is going to be aggregating all these useless chunks of information to create a full spectrum analysis of everything that we know about a person, you know? And, and yeah, Evan won't be able to do it in his living room, but the government will be able to do it. People in Silicon Valley who want to do it will be able to do it. I guarantee you, like, I already know the TV companies are selling that data. They sell that data because they want to take over Nielsen, the Nielsen ratings, because Nielsen ratings are BS. Okay? So they're selling that data. So if 
someone can if you if it's for sale, someone can buy it. You know, maybe maybe you'll be able to sign up to a one site that says, here's all the random data you can buy. We don't know what will exist one day. You know, for ten dollars a month, you can buy random aggregated data from all sorts of uh, points with no PII in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then but you can take that and turn it into something. But, all you know? these, but OK, let's say we have all these smart TVs that have all this crap, right? Mike, you're muted. While he's fixing that, I mean, all the, you know, smart TVs that are hooked up to the internet, all the Internet of Things devices, um, all that information is being data mined for, for whatever reason. And I think eventually, if enough product manufacturers buy that from whoever is collecting it and, re- and you know, aim to release products solely based on the statistical possibility that they'll have high sales, you're not going to see a lot of, like, cool new things come out. You're going to see Absolutely. rehashes of the same old thing. Yep, innovation will be dead. And that's, you know, we, we don't want people to, we don't want that. Like, we don't want people to build a product based on sales. Like, that's how the movie industry is. <laughs> they take make movies based on sales. Yeah. You know, that's why it took, you know, God only knows how many years for them to make a rated R superhero movie or to make a movie like Deadpool where they said, fuck it, we're going to go ham. You know what I mean? Like, because they think, oh, we don't know what people want. Let's just be super safe and give them exactly what we know sold last year. That's the logic. That's the thinking. So... We've got to escape that and allow innovation, you know, allow people to make something and have it fail. You know, it doesn't have to be all sales driven. And we're back. Technical difficulty solved. On the road again. Um, Michael, that was your cue. Tell us about TVs. (laughs) All right. So uh, I believe we were talking about TVs and we were saying the smart TVs specifically and saying, oh, you're worried. We're basically worried about them collecting data, right? Yep. Right. What do you you think those cable boxes are doing right now? You know? Oh, of course. Right. I mean, it's the same damn thing. What do you think those Fios boxes are doing, you know? What do you think your ISP is doing right now looking at our internet traffic, you know? Some of our internet traffic. (laughs) Well... Oh, unless you're unless you're going putting everything through a VPN, then then the VPN providers look at all the traffic. <laughs> everything. Well, sort of. Um, did you have anything else to say? You want me to sort of uh, no, that's it. parry off of that? Okay. So speaking of VPNs, uh, I found through another source a very nice Google Doc that was originally sourced on Reddit that compares uh, probably over a hundred VPN services from uh, Viper VPN to private internet access to uh, you know, a bunch of different ones link in the show notes. You can see what, what sort of features they offer. If you can pay in Bitcoin, if they log your connections, all that kind of stuff. Um, I am a member of one of them. I have been for the past three or so years. I'm very happy. Uh, it keeps a certain portion of my internet traffic, um, I would say, Not obscured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obscured. Um, but if you, uh, this, it's very interesting because I, you know, I do advocate having a VPN for anything that you really don't want anyone else to be able to see, um, or at least think that they can't see. There, you know, maybe there's ways around it and there's good VPNs. There's bad VPNs. 
take a look at the link in the Google Doc. Um, I think it'll be very beneficial. One of the columns, actually, uh, I did not know about. It's called... It, it, it states whether this VPN service is part of something called 14 Eyes. You guys know about that? No, although mm-hmm. I opened your link here. I'm looking at it right yeah. now. Yeah. So, <clears throat> it's built upon the Five Eyes agreement or coalition, which consists of the U.S., United Kingdom, Australia, New Zealand, and Canada. So what they do is essentially spy on each other, since you can't spy on your own citizens, and then they share information. Nothing new, but there's something, there's there's two other levels. There's nine eyes, which is all the five eyes countries, plus Denmark, France, Netherlands, and Norway. And then Germany, Belgium, Sweden, Italy, and Spain are added to make up the 14 eyes coalition or program. This was news to me and something that I don't really like. So I am uh, very glad that the, the one that I use, I believe is not privy to their quote unquote authority. What authority Uh. is that? I don't know. Spying on my traffic. The 14 eyes? Yeah. Huh. Couldn't have a more cryptic. Couldn't have a more, couldn't have a more friendly and uh, public friendly name. Well, it looks like the one that I'm using is part of that. So I guess I need to switch uh, providers. How can you tell if it's part of that? Just because its country is a signatory? I'm looking at the list right here. It says it says right here, yes or no. Yeah, it's it's nice. one of the one of the first columns. Now I don't know if. Uh, if it actually matters, um, because they don't, you know, in some of the other columns, it says, do they keep logs of connections? Do they keep logs of traffic? If those are all no, then there's really nothing for those 14 eyes countries to gather, assuming that the that the provider is actually honest and, you know, 100% correct about that. You know, there could be ways around it. Um, but I just want, I had never heard of the 14 eyes or the five eyes or the nine eyes before today. So I thought it was worth bringing up in regards to, or to compliment this, uh, Google docs spreadsheet. Oh, geez. I had no idea. This is very, uh, very interesting, Evan. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you. Crap. I have paid for a year of this, uh, (laughs) of this service. (laughs) Um, for some reason, my volume keeps on going low. Yeah. I too am part of that service. So uh, I don't know if what I had mentioned earlier was contradictory. However, I do. I don't feel that there's any all right uh, threat to my anonymity, other than the fact that they can tell that I have an account because I did not set it up with Bitcoin or any other form of anonymous payment. So they can, you know, it's my email. But as to what the actual sure. traffic is, you know, I, I think that's. Uh, relatively obscured, or at least obscured enough to make me comfortable. Right. right. Now, I saw another column here that looks interesting. Or under activism, they say, you know, anonymous payment method, does it accept Bitcoin, blah, blah, blah. The last one under there says meets privacy tools IO criteria. Mm-hmm. And that's another website, actually, I meant to bring up, but I kind of forgot about it. Uh, 
that's a that's a good website. If you go to privacy to I think it's privacytools.io, but I'm sure we could yeah probably I'm sure we could find out easily enough. Yep, it sure is. Privacytools.io. So this has a good oh, and they have it right here. They talk about 14 eyes right here on the uh, right on the first page. Um, so they have a good explanation of why privacy is important, you know, because mm -hmm. some people are like, well, I got nothing to hide, you know, I'm, I'm okay. You know, all I go do is go to Gmail and look at WashingtonPost.com. Why is anyone, you know, I don't care if anyone sees my traffic, but you know, it's not the point. Right. Right. So they have a good explanation of what, of why privacy is important right here on the site. Um, and then they talk about different software and things that are available, including VPN providers that they think are good. Um, yeah. So. Could you could you put a link to that in the notes also? Oh, absolutely. Thanks, sir. No problemo. Let's see. I'm going to put it right after we talked about. Uh, I'll put it right here under the Stranger Danger heading. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, Privacy I appreciate tools. you aligning that properly. I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Any other uh, security-related things that you guys heard this week, or is still in your mind from previous times? Um, no. I know that there was the uh, pwn to own competition. Mm-hmm. I know that was going on recently. Did anyone uh, hear anything anything going on about that? Nope. Okay. Me neither, unfortunately. So we'll have to uh we'll have to look at that for next time then. Yeah. Excellent. So, Alright. Uh moving on to the next topic. Uh my second week of keto chow two meals a day uh well two to three meals a day depending on how hungry i am has uh completed i'll be starting the final quote-unquote test week uh tomorrow um and it, this last week i did not lose any weight as a matter of fact it's exactly the same like to the tenth of a pound believe it or not that's what the machine tells me but uh i did lose one percent of body fat so i don't know if an equal amount of muscle or water compensated the fat loss or a combination of both, but I'm okay with that. You know, hell, if I, if I still weigh the same in two years, but my body fat is 10%, I'll be a fucking gorilla. I'm okay with that. So as long as that number keeps going down, uh, you know, I'm okay with that progress. Hmm. I will not be buying any more of the chocolate truffle protein powder. I'm actually uh, anxious to try the uh, one other uh, container that I have extra of is a peanut butter cookie flavor, which I'm looking forward to. Peanut butter cookie. Mm -hmm. What was uh, that? Have fun with you? that. Excuse that's me. Like that, like that, that birthday cake bullshit. Dude, the birthday cake. Okay. So everyone said that was sweet, but to me, it tastes exactly like how a vanilla protein powder should taste because vanilla should be sweet. In my opinion, it was delicious. I mixed it with a little bit of lemon, uh, lemon cheesecake protein powder that I also had left over to, you know, bump up the protein content. 
It tasted exactly like a uh, a lemon pound cake with that sort of clear white frosting. Fucking delicious. And you might, I, uh, you might have a sweet tooth, Evan, <laughs> which is fine. But I uh, don't like savory protein shakes. If I'm gonna drink a protein shake, uh, you know, to me, it's like a milkshake or a dessert. It should taste good and be sweet. Um, I don't I don't remember ever having a banana protein shake, but most. Uh, for instance, most strawberry protein shakes I have, uh, I do not like that. They're not sweet enough. Maybe if there's like a strawberry cream or like a frosted strawberry or something like that, you know, I haven't tried them all obviously, but I might like that, but let's get back to the very important point. Are you telling me you don't like peanut butter cookies? Uh, I don't know that I've ever had a peanut butter cookie. I probably have, but you are missing out my friend. Well, I'll, I'll put some links in the show notes to some excellent peanut butter cookie vendors. Um, you should all treat yourself. <laughs> I ordered a box, two boxes from the Girl Scouts um, for my friend's daughter uh, in Delaware. And I just realized today that uh, that heifer has not sent my cookies, mm-hmm. nor has she even mentioned to me about the cookies. So, And she did not claim the money on paypal so i don't know what that's all about maybe she's saying i'm fat i don't know what she's saying you got got i got got but she didn't get any money so i think she's i think she's a bungler or she thinks i'm a jerk who said send me cookies and didn't send her any money but i totally <laughs> did you know so i don't know you know i tried to tell her about the cash app send me cash send cash give me the cash, cash. i tried to tell her about the cash app from square which is absolutely amazing so your and, teeth uh, for cash Yep, so cash. <laughs> um, but uh, she was a PayPal gal, and uh, yeah. So I'm curious have... which Girl Scout cookies you ordered because, as everyone knows, uh, Samoas are really the the only kind you should get. They're the best. Uh, I didn't get Samoas. Failure. I didn't get Samoas. Just because the Samoas, I, I mean, I, I like the peanut butter, man. I wanted the peanut butters and the lemon. They had some lemon, some lemon thing. I like. I like. I like. Love, love lemon. I love peanut butter. Okay, what the is wrong with both are... of you? The peanut butter is a killer. There's only uh, one Girl Scout cookie to get. No, Thin Mints. Don't, say, don't even fucking mint. say it, dude. Get James. Kick him off the call. ThinMintsKicked.com. Kicked. 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 Fucking ban hammered, son. Hey Cortana, <laughs> kick this jerk off off the call. <laughs> How can you not like Samoas? There's like I don't caramel even know and chocolate is. and coconut. Ugh. The coconut. That's what I don't like about it. You're a despicable human being. I like coconut sometimes, but not all the time. So, yeah, disgusting. Whatever. I'm frustrated now. Let's finish this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, uh, just I got a little extra for anyone out there who wants to learn about, you know, IT related fields, hardware, software, programming, game development, photography. You know, it doesn't have to be IT, they have business classes. Um, a bunch of free ones too, but if you've never heard of Udemy, it's uh, U-D-E-M-Y dot com, and there is currently a coupon code March 0015, March is with a capital M, that brings any of the classes down to $15. They do have a lot of free classes, which are good, and some others that are only $25 to begin with, but they do have a lot of excellent courses that have, you know, 40 hours of video content and 200 plus lectures that are normally, you know, in the range of $200. So uh, I did not research, but just by the coupon code, 
it leads me to believe it's good until the end of the month. You can bring it from a $200 class down to a $15 class. They regularly have these coupon codes. The last time they had one, classes were $10. I spent like 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm currently taking a CEH class, and it's absolutely, absolutely amazing. It's pretty – well, I won't say absolutely amazing, but it's a very good class. Um, and it's a great – Great. I mean, I bought it for twenty six dollars. I didn't know about this coupon code, but it's a great class. What it's code? Totally worth the money. Coupon. What? What kind coupon? of code? Coupon. <laughs> coupon code. Coupon. 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 Okay. Yep. K C O O P N. The the leading K is silent. <laughs> Two Ks. <laughs> <laughs> Coupon. Okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah. um, James, read anything good this week? Um, actually, I got three pretty mediocre books about hacking. Um, Excellent. That I that I read, and actually, I did read a book. Uh, let me just pop it up here, and I'll talk about the mediocre hacking books. Um, so I just finished. I might have actually, yeah, I just finished the Crusade. Uh, Starfire Book One uh, by David Weber and Steve White. Um, this is actually really good. David Weber is super old school. Did I talk about this last week? Doesn't sound familiar. I don't yeah, think so. I talked about Ember War last week. Um, yeah, so the Crusade is uh, it's actually really good. Um, it's probably mm, one of several books about this about Earth's battle with alien races and whatnot. But it's old school, and David Weber is like old school space genius. Like he's been writing about um, light speed, and you know this book is like from like nineteen, I think ninety two or something like that. I'm not hundred percent. It's like ninety two or eighty two, one of the two. But uh, it's a phenomenal book, absolutely worth getting. And there's probably about ten other books in this in this uh, series, so hundred percent worth getting. If you're into space like I am, then it's a great book. Um, the Crusade, Starfire, Book One. Um, the hacking books. So I got three books here and I'll just run them down to you. Hacking the ultimate beginner's guide, hacking the ultimate guide for beginners, strange enough. <laughs> um, and hacking basic security and penetration testing. Um, the first book hacking the ultimate beginner's guide. Oddly enough. Uh, okay. So the first book is pretty good, very basic. Like, all, first, first of all, let me tell you why I'm reading these books. I'm about to take a certifi- certification, a CEH, pretty soon, and so I wanted to get a what basis, is the CEH certified ethical hacker. Wow. Um, so I wanted to get a basis. You know, I, I'm not a hacker. Obviously, I don't do any hacking. I don't. I know very little about hacking. And I don't want to be as far a, as the state of Maryland's concerned, right? No. Yes. <laughs> In the federal government, yes. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to do any malicious hacking, you know, or black hat or whatever you know buzzword you want to use. I just want to like learn how to defend networks and do penetration testing, and then I will grow my knowledge over time. You know what I mean? I'm not looking to be a paper tech of hacking. Uh, so, but I do want to get a certificate, and I do want to learn more about it. So I figured I have a basic knowledge of Linux and stuff like that, but I wanted to get some. I wanted to fill my head with the hacking stuff. You know, I wanted to like pump it in my brain, not because these books are going to teach me the CEH, but because these books are going to just like, they're quick and easy to consume and they're very layman, ter- layman's termsy, but they do give you some technical information. Each book gives you a little more. 
uh, or a little less, depending on who's writing it. So there's a lot of repeated information because they're all by different authors and not meant to go together, but pretty good. The, um, each book does give you more information uh, uh, in certain detail, certain detail areas. Like one book, they give you tons and tons of scripting knowledge. The other book gives you tons and tons of knowledge on uh, tools, you know, and what tools do what and how to use them together. And one section's just like, here's how you crack a whatever. Here's how you crack passwords step by step. You know, please don't use this for malicious reasons. <laughs> we assume you're using this to get into your computer, you know? Um, so it, it's pretty good, honestly. And if for a beginner, for someone who just wants to learn, I like personally, I think any of these books would be good to give to somebody who wants to understand hacking, doesn't want to be a hacker, but wants to be able to like understand like the, your CIO, if your CIO is like a paper, a paper, basically a business person and has no idea what's going on technology wise. And they want to understand this. This is one of these books would be great. It's very layman's but they do get some technical information and they can talk about it in an educated fashion to other people and explain the threats in relationship to their network. So that's why it's pretty good. Um, yeah, so two of the books are very close to each other, very much the same, and they're read by the same guy, <laughs> and they almost, like, it seems like one author copied the other author in certain sections, but still worth reading, and they're very cheap, I mean, I think one was two bucks, one's three bucks, and one's, like, like, uh, a dollar fifty or something. And these are, uh, on Amazon? They're on Amazon in ebook and Audible, so really easy to get the audible book was dirt cheap the amazon the ebook's got to be even cheaper i didn't even use credits on these so what's the third book called um hacking basics uh hacking basic security penetration testing uh and hold on let me look at the thing here download in progress no don't download it please (laughs) yes cancel i just want to see the info guy read the summary yeah hacking basic security penetration testing and how to hack nice yeah so yeah it's i mean it's like i said very basic stuff but it's i think it's a worthwhile read so uh, uh how long are all of these books would you say they're short man they're okay. all short they're all short uh one of them's 59 minutes one of them's two hours and 33 minutes one of them's three hours so they're all super short okay like none, of these, none of these books are long um that's why I got them. It's it's just like something for me to start filling my head with that stuff along with everything I'm reading and testing and trying uh, and uh, studying. So And along with my, my Udemy material. The Udemy material, matter of fact, the Udemy hacking class, and let me give you guys the exact title of that class if you're interested in the Certified Ethical Hacker um, because that's a great – it's a great class. Uh, there's two teachers, two instructors in the class who've done lots and lots of stuff with Linux and everything like that and, uh, hacking. And it's a great, uh, let's see here. Yeah. The complete ethical hacking course, beginner to advanced, you know, and there's 113 lectures all with videos and explanations and everything like that. And he walks you step by step from like how to set up the Linux box you need how to install Kali Linux on the machine, the things you need to install in Kali Linux to get Kali Linux working, uh, to get Kali Linux working on a VM and things like that. And he basically, you know, they give you the information you'd need, like the questions you'd have, like, should I install Kali Linux as my main machine? No, you shouldn't. Like he tells you, he's like, no, that's a bad idea. You know, don't do that. (laughs) You know, he's like, where are the safe sites to go to get hacking tools? He's like, here, 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 and here. 
you know so it, it's it's a great it's a, it's absolutely worth the money i would advise anybody to get it uh it's dirt it's dirt cheap with evans code 15 bucks i think i think it retails the standard with no discounts or deals it's like 399 bucks or something like that um or 299 bucks something like that wow and i got i got it for 26 dollars on a sale you know on like a on a on a sale which like evan said they have the sales all the time so even if you don't get it now you know i would i would i would use his code go to the store and fill your cart you know what i mean spend a hundred bucks and then you just take the next like six months to learn everything you can that you bought it's totally worth it um yeah these classes they don't they're just available whenever right yeah yeah they don't, and they're good yeah they're permanent and the, yeah and the thing is these guys the authors update them so there's a section in here um where the author the the instructor found that people were saying i want to install kali linux on a mac so he goes back he gets a Mac and he put he plants that section into the uh, mm-hmm. lecture and increases the lecture. So he has a whole section on installing Kali Linux on a Mac, uh, even though he doesn't really know how to do it. He's like, I'm doing it with you. And he starts going through it and shows you step by step how to do it. And it's really good. You know what I mean? It's quite good. So they, hmm. they do update these courses because these guys get paid by the course. You know what I mean? So it 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 behooves them to keep the curse current current and valuable so yep i see yeah absolutely great awesome all right so udemy.com to get that course um evan what's the site that i was taking the course i was on the wrong site taking the wrong site on the the wrong course on the wrong site was a udacity udacity i think okay okay that's that one and there's code code academy or yeah, yeah code, code academy. academy that's a good one too code academy is pretty good i i i have a class in progress that i have not completed on python in code academy it's, it's they have a they have a command and command line interpreter there that's amazing it's like you can do everything on that site i i told i mean i haven't used was code academy the one we were working on with the python or was it udacity uh i want to say it was code academy but it was a long time ago yeah uh but udacity is a good site too so i mean i i I definitely suggest you know go check it out guys go you know go see what works well for you and then take some classes yeah it was code academy for that one okay i'm pretty sure i bought a class of udacity too that i haven't used yet yeah i mean all this stuff is only it's only going to be beneficial yeah and for 15 dollars it's it's not that much. You'll use it sometime if you're at all interested in the subject matter. I mean, obviously, if you fucking hate plants and you're you're anti-vegetarian, don't buy a class on gardening or greenhouse maintenance. But if you're interested in you know web development, they they have a fourteen class web development course that you can get for fifteen dollars. Yeah, yeah. I have in Udacity. I have a class uh, Intro to Computer Science. So like a college level computer science course in mm-hmm. here and Udacity, one thing that's cool that Udacity offers, they offer nano degrees, which are recognized degrees. Um, and it's, uh, there's a list of stuff here, but it's, a, it's an actual nano degree. Are those like Liberian dollars or whatever? <laughs> Not like a Liberian dollar at all. Um, they have intro to programming, uh, machine learning engineer uh, front, which is going to be super valuable. That's a super valuable one. 
um, front end web developer, senior web developer, data analyst, Android developer, ISO development. I mean, they have like, like maybe like 15 or 20 of these things here that you can do a nano degree and the nano degrees aren't cheap, but it's not as expensive as college by far, you know? Um, let me just enroll and see how much it costs. Yeah. It's $199 a month. So it's not cheap. But if this is all you're doing and you're not doing eight other classes on eight other services like me, then, you know, and you want to learn something, go for it. You know, this is going to get you a lot of a lot of engagement with teachers and things like that. It's totally worth it. So, we, you know, we definitely on this show, we definitely encourage guys to get all the education you can. You know, uh, I'm an older guy. I regret not going to college. <laughs> you know, Michael and I were just talking about it earlier this weekend. We were mm-hmm. totally regret not finishing the initial college thing and just going right into the workforce. Um, it's a hindrance, not a help. So definitely take advantage of what you can, guys. Well said. Yep. Um, absolutely. Michael, did you want to – do we have anything else? Uh, you know, I think that about does it. Did you want to say anything about uh, – did you want to talk, talk at all about this weekend? Um, we can. I just want to say this, Okay. So Michael and I did some work for a friend. We did some IT work. You know, we just hooked the buddy up and helped him out. And they have a small office with about seven people in it. I want – they have a domain controller. They have everything they need, okay? I want to set up the domain, have everyone log into the domain, everything, okay? Uh, Have network shares, all that stuff. Michael – is said no 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 let everyone log in locally <laughs> with local user accounts give a, make one local admin account for all the computers across the board okay that's what we did because for ease of getting it done that was the easiest way to do it i don't like doing it that way i want you guys opinion i want your opinion evan what do you think um my only i, I would tend to side with mike just because you have to pose the question, if you set up a domain controller and network shares, who's going to fix it when that stuff doesn't work? That's true. That's true. Now, if you if you get into some sort of business agreement with them for, you know, future uh, administrating and maintenance and stuff, you know, that's probably best practices way to go. Uh, you could even virtualize a bunch of stuff, which is fun. Um, but, you know, if it's like three people and you can you can get um, external hard drives with network ports on them. So you can, you can do a simple network share that way if you need to. Um, if it's, you know, just a couple people, then local accounts are probably the way to do it. Okay. Okay. And I think, I think that's, that's the, the crux of it, right? It's like, how who's maintaining this in the long run and we don't know what how that's gonna what right. how that's gonna pan out yet yeah and, i mean if, actually oh i'm sorry go ahead Evan. no it's, i was gonna say it, it could be an issue of scale if they're you know i don't know specifically how large this business is but if they're looking to hire 30 new people in the next two years you know set it up correctly now right but if it's just going to be them for the foreseeable future you know leave, leave it how it is right right Nope, exactly. All right, guys. So you tell you tell us what you think um, in the comments uh, or in the or via the, the uh, mail 
the uh, interwebs mail, uh, alternating mail accounts. Um, let, let me uh, let me take over here. We appreciate your, all of your feedback. <laughs> um, <laughs> please comment uh, on our website, iopanelpodcast.com. Send us a message on Facebook individually. Send an email to feedback at iopanelpodcast.com. Any way you guys want to get in touch with us, please do. If you have any questions or topics you would like discussed, let us know and we'll uh, try to accommodate. Awesome. Perfect. Sounds good. 